0: Welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio, WGWG.org. Noel T. Manning second here hanging out with my good friend, my good buddy, for 20-plus-something years. Hello, I'm Jeff Powell. Talking movies, Jeff and I have uh, been hanging out doing this a little bit lately. Uh, yeah. Jeff has been uh, just enjoying listening. Actually, I don't know if he's enjoying it or not, but... He's. Uh, <laughs> I love talking movies with he you. Talking movies.
1: Oddly with enough, even if I don't see the movies, right. I like to know a little bit about what, okay. what. What's out there? I like to know what's going on. Gotcha. Someday it'll roll through Netflix or, or Hulu or one of those. <laughs> on Prime or whatever. And yeah. maybe I'll watch it. You know, <laughs> you know. And I do make. I do make some of my movie viewing or not viewing decisions based on these conversations yeah, that you, know, you have, that we have, you have with Jay Foray. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really helps inform me yeah. as a moviegoer. For instance, tonight, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see Wonder Woman in large part because yeah. of what you and Jay and a number of other critics yeah. have said about it.
0: It's a movie I would go back and watch again, and I probably will. Um, uh, it is a film that's continuing to do well at the box office. It was number one for the second consecutive week. Uh, there will be uh, there will be of course she'll be showing back up again in the Justice League film but she'll have another standalone film. I have no doubt whatsoever there'll be another standalone yeah. Wonder Woman film um, it, it's um, it's a good one if you're looking for a good summer film if you're looking for a redemption from DC films of the, the past couple years uh, in a lot of people's estimation I'd say check out Wonder Woman mm-hmm. um, my son revisited, uh batman v superman which was the dawn of justice which actually introduced wonder woman last year and he was uh, he said well I'm, let me give it another chance because he and i both felt the same way about it it was uh it was it was missing it was missing something and one of the problems i really had with it was there's this um blob-like villain doomsday that shows up and the cg i was horrible It was absolutely
1: horrible. Would you go to a movie like that, the CG is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting edge.
0: Yeah, but it was really, really, really bad. And so uh, Thomas revisited that this week uh, after seeing Wonder Woman. And uh, he said, Dad, he said, I still feel the same way. He said, it's still just kind of there he said it tells a story he said yeah he said I felt like they tried to do too much Mm -hmm. tried to cram in too many things and uh, he and I've talked about how Marvel did it so seamlessly where they had all these films connect but they didn't try to rush to push them together yeah there was there was kind of a fluidity to it Fluidity, fluidity. I like that a fluidity to it. And
1: with with DC, that they've they've tried to kind of catch up too fast. Yeah. I remember one of the things that see I pay attention. I remember one of those things you said about that movie though. That the best part was the Wonder Woman but, segment. Uh, yep. So that's also um, sort of weighing in on my yes. decision to go to go actually yeah. pay money and see Wonder yeah. Woman.
0: Tonight. It's worth it. I I, I gave it a, a solid A minus. Uh, I'd say up until the midway point, I was giving it an A plus, which is which is hard. But it, it, it fell a little short in a couple of areas, but not enough to, mm-hmm. to really uh, hurt, hurt much. And so A-minus, not, not too bad rating. No, it's not. Um, now, on the other hand, uh, the film that it beat out was, uh, was one that there were some high hopes last weekend would dominate the box office for the weekend, The Mummy. Um, back on screen again, uh, Universal um, is doing something called The Dark Universe, where they're trying to do uh, take a page out of the Marvel playbook. And tie a lot of these films together. Mm -hmm. Uh, The mummy, um, uh, Dracula, the invisible man, the creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, trying to tie a lot of these characters together over the course of the next several years. And the mummy was supposed to be that film that started to unwrap mm, uh, or right. unravel the story uh, I see what you That's, did yeah but that you you gave me that early oh, yeah, on okay. so i'm <laughs> i'm just paying it back i'm giving you credit my man yeah, i'm you giving did. you credit yeah, yeah. so they were hoping this would be the film that really did kind of um launch this this new reimagining of a, of a yeah, franchise yeah. that that i grew up watching those old 1930s oh, films yeah, that too. were yeah. you know out before, way before my when my, da- my parents were kids yeah, or, or even like or before, maybe they born. Even before, yeah. before they were born. And the uh, first movie I ever saw in a movie theater was a monster matinee, creature feature, <laughs> Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Oh, yes. So uh, my mom would take me every Saturday, and I'd watch these monster movies, and that's what I grew up watching, oh, yeah. oh, these yeah. old films. And so anytime a monster movie is back, uh, I want to see it. You know, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the slasher films. Right. But the monster films I'm I'm kinda drawn to just Especially to those, check out.
1: Those classic monsters that yep. have been visited and revisited yep book form and also at the yeah. movies yeah. i'm the same way and and for a very similar reason i mean I'm not necessarily going to the theater to see them on saturday mornings but there was a tv show on saturday mornings that re-ran these old movies yeah and yeah. i watched it a lot yeah so like you say creature from the black lagoon or or even the uh you know what was it the attack of the 50 foot tall woman, woman yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff i have seen those and they they still remind me of my youth and i still yeah. have a special place for yeah. those kind of things so eventually Though I may not go to the theater to see it, eventually I will go see, or I will see, I may not go see, I will yeah. see The New Mummy. Yeah. Despite the baggage. You talk a lot right. about bringing baggage mm-hmm. into the theater. One of my pieces of baggage is I am like the only person in the country who's not a Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> I'm not a Tom Cruise fan.
0: Well, i, I got to say, you know, they—they. They, um, I'm glad you mentioned Tom Cruise because the Dark Universe series, they've got a, some big names attached. Johnny Depp's attached. Uh, Harvey Arbadam is attached. Oscar winner. Um, and, and, you know, and Tom Cruise. And so a lot of big names mm-hmm. wanting to be a part of this, this, uh, this kind of ongoing franchise, uh, in this film, Tom Cruise stars as a, a soldier who is also a, um, a thief. Uh, he, he steals antiquities, uh, and sells them on the black market. And, uh, he, he stumbles across literally, um, this, uh, this mummy, and uh, this tomb, this ancient tomb. And you get a backstory on on who this uh, this mummy is. and And she was a uh, uh, an Egyptian princess, and um, she um, she was like the sole heir of her father's kingdom. and so she she was a warrior. you know, she had it all until, of course, um, a baby brother was born. Oh. That changed everything. Oh. And so uh, she became a little dark and mischievous. So you get all this in the backstory. Um, she's entombed because of her transgressions and, um, and Tom Cruise in the present day, uh, awakens her and, and awakens darkness with her. Uh-huh. And then I'll leave it at that and the rest of it. And he's, and he's, um, somehow connected and tied to her darkness. And we, we, we see how that unfolds. Um, also within this film, um, there's a, there's a doctor who, um, Doctor Who? Uh, no, there is a Doctor Who uh, ah. is connected. Doctor Who's not in it, but ah. Dr. Jekyll is in the film. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Russell Crowe stars as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We get to see both of them um, come to uh, come to life uh, in this film uh, called The Mummy as well. And it's really interesting how that connects the story. And Dr. Jekyll's character, I'm not giving a whole lot away, but his character Um, is very interested in gods and monsters. And uh, the gods of Egypt, of course, come come play there, but also the monsters uh, that that are created uh, either uh, supernaturally or because of humanity's uh, playing around with science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the movie itself, uh, this this remake of The Mummy that, that came in at second place, it did not do incredibly well at the box office last weekend, um, I really thought the story was interesting, uh, the good, good visual effects, ton of action, uh, the set designs uh, were wonderful, but really, overall, it, it kind of lacked life and energy. It, it, there was something that was missing. Um, it, it tried to bring in uh, the humor that we saw several years ago with a film called The American Werewolf in London. Uh, one of uh, Tom Cruise's character's friends ends up dying, but comes back as this kind of zombie-like creature and provide some comic relief, and it's very much like I saw in American Werewolf in London. The comic timing here that's really throughout this whole movie is missing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's there. I see what they're trying to do, but it doesn't quite click. Now, Tom Cruise has a great comic sense um, of timing, but for some reason, as far as overall, but in this film it doesn't work. Uh, If you want to see how well he can do with, with, with comedy, check out a movie called Night and Day with um with Cruz and Cameron Diaz it's a it's kind of a CIA type uh, James Bondian uh, Mission Impossible action comedy um, but um, but here the the movie just uh, the, the humor's a little flat um, you know I, I feel like we we've, we've kind of been there before with it but it was still worth seeing okay but um, I, I think I'll let people decide if they want to see it on the big screen or not right. I'm giving it a C rating uh, an average film. Um, I'm glad I saw it. It wasn't horrible. But um, the direction, I think, is really what what
1: kind of missed on this. And, I find um, a lot of times uh, films that take a, a flight of fancy, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's science fiction or fantasy or monster flicks or superhero flicks, for that matter, you can either play it straight, like like this is something that's actually happening, or you can be campy. Right. But it's kind of hard right. to have that middle line. Yeah. Yeah, and you can
0: do it, but you you got to be able to do it well. And nineteen ninety nine's version of the mummy actually
1: did it well with Brendan Fraser. Yes, it did. I enjoyed. I don't think I saw the entire franchise. I yeah, think three films, but the first couple I saw, yeah, and they were they were really good. Yeah, and and that first one did
0: a nice job, as mm-hmm. you're saying, of, of combining that 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 campy feel with with the the you know fear and the mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. and the action. Yeah. Um, it worked. Yeah, and 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 this will set some things up too because. They really expected this movie to make a lot of money. It came in with only $32.2 million uh, opening weekend, mm-hmm. which is $10 million less, ten million less than Brandon Frazier's Mummy of 1999 Wow, for opening weekend. Yeah. But worldwide, it's going to do okay. It's going to oh, make its I'm money sure back it worldwide. Yeah. And so uh, what Universal will have to decide, though, is they're going to have to um, make the decision on, okay, do we really kind of push forward with this or do we back up? And and maybe be a little slower in this process of un, uh, you know releasing some of these films. They're going to make make their minds up. Mm-hmm. I think the next one. I think it's the maybe the Invisible Man that's scheduled for um, 2019. So two two years away. Um, Bride of Frankenstein is one of those. That's uh, Bride of Frankenstein is one of those that's also being being talked about as well. So we'll see. Uh, the movie last week weekend worldwide brought in 142 million. Uh, I think it was like $176 million to make. Oh, wow. So, but it'll make mm. its money back. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It'll make its money back. Um, you know, Cruz uh, at, at 56 years old or 54 years old, I think he's 56. Um, he is still in incredible shape, still does his own stunts. And there are a lot of – you'll see a lot of that in this film. There are a lot of incredible stunt work. Um, so it, it's – it's worth checking out, but you kind of you're going to have to decide on yourself if you want to uh, pay the money uh, at the box office to see it on the big screen um, or wait. But uh, it did remind me a lot of my my childhood yeah, of, yeah. of seeing those kind of yeah, films. I
1: will eventually see that one. Yeah.
0: Now we'll recommend some other mummy films, uh, Jeff. Um, if if you want to want to hear some of those, these are some essential mummy films uh, to check out on uh, um, you know Netflix or Amazon or YouTube or wherever you choose. Yeah. Uh, going back to 1955, this is one uh, for, for the fun of it. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. I've uh, seen that one. Yeah, <laughs> Abbott and Costello—they—they uh, uh, they were signed to Universal, and they did a lot of these films uh-huh. where they would meet uh, meet the the Universal. Monsters. Oh man, was that like a monster that just bumped into yes. the yes, microphone there's,
1: there? Uh, there's something supernatural going on with the uh, mic cable. So
0: I'd recommend that. Um, also, if you're looking for, for a humor, camp, and wrestling women... Well, the movie is called Wrestling Women vs. the Aztec Mummy from 1964. Missed that one. It's really bad. But sometimes you need a mystery science theater bad movie. Yes. And that's one worthy of watching, the Wrestling Women Versus the Aztec Mummy. That fits a theory I have. Sometimes things are so bad they're yep. good. So yep.
1: that could be one of those. Well, yeah, when I was in
0: college, uh, a group of college buddies and I would always go to bad movie night at the movie theater we would we would go and we would ask whoever's working the box office hey what's the worst movie playing and they kind of looked at you you know like what no what's yeah. the worst movie playing yeah. and so we we had to go watch we watched the worst, worst movie, movie each week, each week. Mm. and the deal was we had to sit through the entire film <laughs> well,
1: uh, after the show i've got one i want to share with you that you have to watch okay. and see if you can get through it
0: okay i'll try i'll try and and uh, i don't think anybody ever left because the the rule was if you left early you had to buy popcorn for everybody the next oh. week.
1: See, that could get expensive. That could get
0: expensive, especially if you're in college and you don't have a lot of money. Uh, I did mention uh, Brendan Fraser's 1999's mm-hmm. Mummy. Saw that one. You know, that it was, a, it was a fun film. Uh, it's a franchise, actually, that had spinoffs that are still yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, the Scorpion King with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know, he ended up having his own film mm-hmm. uh, that was that was a spinoff from the from the mummy films, and they're actually doing made for Netflix and made for Amazon. Uh, Scorpion King films are still happening. Wow! So it's pretty cool that something from 1999 still has still some kind of life to it. Uh, also, if you are interested in seeing Elvis uh, retirement home uh, and a soul sunking mummy mummy. <laughs> See if I can get that out. Um, and Bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead series. You can check out Boba, Bubba Hotep. Man, I can't even talk today. Bubba Hotep has Elvis' retirement home and a soul-sucking mummy. May, it, um, may
1: it again, be one of those uh, really bad ones that's just, uh, just entertaining.
0: From 2003, uh, well-worthy worth, of watching. I like Bruce Campbell anyway. He's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's a Bubba Hotep. Uh, from 1959, I loved Hammer films. Yes, um, Peter Cushing was the Mummy um, in a, uh, a Hammer film version mm-hmm. of the Mummy, and then of course go back to Boris Karloff in 1932. Yeah, um, that was just an absolutely amazing film, and it still holds up. It's only 73 minutes long, a very short film, mm-hmm. but uh, and you only see the Mummy in his you know Ace bandages for about 15 minutes. The rest of the time, you you see. Um, you see Boris Karloff in a fez. Uh, and so uh, it's uh, it's well worth checking out to go back and just uh, see some of the camera work and some of the things that were done. There are a lot of really great close-ups um, in that movie of just the eyes uh, and the use of the eyes. So I'd recommend that.
1: Fellini-esque. A Fellini-esque, absolutely. So any mummy films that... I think you covered them. The Boris Karloff, the the uh, the, the Brendan Fraser, yeah. uh, those are really good films to, to watch yeah. any time.
0: Yeah. And so I, I don't, you know, all this to say that I don't see them doing another mummy with Tom Cruise. Now, Tom Cruise may show up because there are some things that, uh, that, that tie him to this universe. Um, and we're not exactly sure what they are. So mm-hmm. there were some teases yeah. to what well, may be to come.
1: Maybe the, he'll be connected. Maybe he'll be connected to the uh, Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. which seems to be down the road.
0: Yeah. And I will say that um, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll. Uh, Mr. Hyde, pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by where that can lead, because uh, we we saw we definitely got to get a taste of that in this film. Uh, Tom Cruise films I will recommend if uh, if you're out there and interested. Um, I'll give you some. Uh, I'll give you action, and uh, I'll also give you uh, some that you just need to get into from the standpoint of. You know, you, you get to see his talent from a, from an actor standpoint. Uh, Risky business going back to 1983. Uh, it is just a, a pure classic, and uh, it, it reignited uh, the uh, the career of a guy named Bob Seger uh, with a song, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all about old time rock and roll. Oh yeah, that's right. And there's an iconic scene um, where yeah. where Cruz is dancing around with with Ray Bans uh, in underwear yep. uh, and a t-shirt to that song. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I remember that. I actually went to see that at the theater, and it's it's still one of the few Tom Cruise movies I actually like. But I do like that one, yeah. so we're agreeing on that one. Yeah. And from 1986,
0: a few years later, uh, he, he again again brought uh, sunglasses uh, into into vogue uh, while he was flying a, a jet fighter in Top Gun. Now? Going to be coming back with a Top Gun sequel. Uh, which you know, it's pretty crazy. He's playing the same character. Yeah, right. playing the same character. So uh, that was a film that uh, that was a very popular uh, film at the box office that summer. Oh yes. Uh, the '80s really lent itself to not just popular films at the box office, but popular soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And so many of these movies had hot artists doing songs and. It was very likely to see a, a film at number one, and also the soundtrack, soundtrack at yeah. number one at the box. Yeah. Uh, number one sell um, music sales as well. Uh, that one had a lot of great hits. Uh, Kenny Loggins mm-hmm. was kind of the soundtrack king during the eighties. He, he had, did Footloose as he well. He did Footloose. Um, he did Top Gun. He had the number one song for Caddyshack with "I'm All oh, Right." So he yeah. had a Whole series of um, it was a good decade for him. It was a good decade for him. So, Top Gun uh, recommendation if you just want to look at uh, at action. Um, But if you want to if you want to get deep into the talent of of just how what what a good actor Tom Cruise can be, I recommend Born on the Fourth of July Mm -hmm. um, from nineteen eighty nine. A very powerful film based on a true story, um, and and not a film that everyone can watch. uh, A difficult film to watch that deals with war the aftermath and uh, and what it takes to to survive um, w- when you come back um, from from a from a war not completely whole um, so i recommend born on the fourth of july um, and also uh, the 80s seems to be the the time of uh, films that i'm recommending for tom cruise i'm going to throw one more out from uh, from the 90s but um 1988's rain man oh with yeah. dustin hoffman i enjoyed that and one tom well. cruise mm-hmm. uh Great acting on both part. I mean, of course, Dustin Hoffman was absolutely uh, incredible in that film, but uh, just a great uh, combination of, of, of those two working together was, was a wonderful film. And then from an action standpoint, Cruise um, finds ways to um, to bring back some franchises. We talked about The Mummy, but he did that in 1996 with Mission Impossible, a franchise that's still going yes. on today. Yes, yes. Um, now, the first Mission Impossible film was not my favorite of the franchise, But I'm listing it because um, it it proved that you could take this TV series that had actually come back three separate times as a TV series um, and turn it into a film franchise on its own using the same characters Mm -hmm. um, and having uh, kind of ongoing success. And so, um, you know, he's he's done for Ethan. Hawk, what uh, Ian Fleming did for kind of a James Bond. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, we are up to number, what, six, maybe, in the Mission Impossible franchise?
1: I do make jokes about, you know, Mission Impossible 24. And yeah. Kind of yeah.
0: But as long as they're finding ways to appeal to the audience, yeah, yeah. You know, why not? Why not? I, I mean, mean Bond,
1: it, the Bond movies, you're right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to mention those. There are a lot of others that, that are uh, we're seeing. I mentioned Night and Day earlier, just from an action comedy. Standpoint. My, my friend Greg Tillman. One of his favorites is Vanilla Sky, um, which was a, a, a one of those rare oddity of a films that um, that uh, Kubrick um, was involved in. And so, um, yeah, uh, Tom Cruise is um, continuing strong. You know, going back to the to the early 80s when he when he got his start, and um, continues to make money at the box office and, and continues to be able to cash a paycheck. Some mm-hmm. films better than others, but. But still, uh, I'm 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 always interested to see what he's going to be able to bring to
1: the screen. How about one for the listeners that uh, you would maybe recommend they avoid watching with Tom Cruise?
0: For Tom Cruise, wow, uh, hmm, um, you know, I don't know, I can't think of any right now that okay. that are just that are just duds. I mean, um, well, that that I I would say stay away from. If you want to look for the, the best Tom Cruise cameo yeah uh check out ben stiller's tropic thunder oh okay um it is a a, a, uh it's a film within a film within a film but it's a parody of action films (laughs) uh and it does it with perfect precision and tom cruise um stars as a hollywood exec and if you didn't know it was tom cruise by the makeup and the uh extra poundage they add to him you would have no idea it was tom cruise interesting he has some great scenes in that. I may have to see so, it just
1: to look for Tom. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, there's some that, I, that I've liked better than others. You and I have talked about a few of his, um, the live, die, repeat, uh, oh, die yeah. another day that we liked. Yeah. I, I liked um, it
1: uh, right up until the end. I didn't really like the way that movie ends. Yeah. But, uh,
0: but yeah, interesting. Uh, was another I'm actually you know? a
1: fan of Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice little kind of understated sci-fi mm-hmm. film that I don't think made a lot of money. Yeah. But if you like sci-fi, yeah. if you don't like sci-fi, stay away from it. But if you like sci-fi, yeah. it's worth watching. And I think that's
0: the thing is, is, you know, Cruise doesn't necessarily have the huge blockbuster status in, in every film that he's doing mm-hmm. anymore, like he used to. Mm-hmm. But they're still making money, and it's still people are still coming to see them. And, uh, you know, whether they're coming to see for him or, or coming to see it for the story, I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but he still gets top billing. And oh, yeah. uh, you know he's still commanding that, and um, you know we, here we are. We we talked '83 for for risky business, and you know that was a long <laughs> that time was ago. a Long time ago. And we're still talking about his name right. as being relevant, right? As far as something worthy of, of of checking out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So there you go. That's that's what I've got for this edition of Cinema Scene, uh, opening this weekend. Cars three. Um, is the, uh, the big film uh, to check out this weekend. There are also some others. Uh, so, uh, so check out your local theaters and, and, uh, and check out the ratings out there of other films. Uh, there's, there's some action. There's some uh, comedy. Um, also, Rough Night uh, opens up uh, this weekend, which is the, uh, it's a bachelorette comedy uh, in, the, in the concept of Bridesmaids and The Hangover. And so uh, that's um, for, for the adult audience. Without a doubt, it's an R-rated film, Scarlett Johansson. Um, Kate McKinnon in that Zoe Kravitz also starring uh, in that so uh, a good good fun cast to be in that as well so that's all I've got Jeff you have any any thoughts I think I'll stick with seeing Wonder Woman this week all right till next time I'm Noel Manning that's Jeff Powell and this is Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio WGWG.org till next time that's a wrap